Welcome to another edition of the Sporting Crashers podcast. This is episode two. My name is Eric Martinez. I am your host and founder. Very excited for the lineup of the show that we have. Before I get into it, this is the Sporting Crashers podcast, the feel-good, have-fun entertainment sports podcast out there. Thank you to everyone that has been tuning in and staying tuned to what we're doing. Uh, very excited what we have lined up for this particular episode. We have Jerry Dupree, CEO and founder of Book Clothing Company and also the tip-off basketball board game. Excited for the conversation we had with him. Carrie Sims Vaughn, celebrity stylist and athlete stylist. Very excited to talk to her. She goes by KSV. Alicia Saidi, which is the merchandising manager for the Dallas Stars Ice Girls, and she is an active Dallas Stars Ice Girl. Very excited and uh, loved our conversation And when you're talking about hockey. And then, of course, the one and only Lemon Kane. She is a representative of the Carolina Hurricanes, huge fanatic. Looking forward to speaking with her everything that she has to say, and of course, everything in Raleigh, North Carolina, and things of that nature. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sporting Crashers podcast. I'm Eric Martinez. I'm going to go ahead and get into the Ma, the meatloaf segment. Now, this is actually a collection in a top five listing of best stadium and arena foods. Again, they will be changing periodically in every particular type of episode. For right now, I do want to go ahead and say this is the list that I've compiled starting off this particular year and this episode. So let's go ahead and start with number five. This is actually at the PNC Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is known as the Primanti Sandwich. Now, the Primanti Brothers were founded in 1933. It is a chain restaurant with a signature of different types of grilled meat, melted cheese, oil, vinegar-based coleslaw, tomato slices, and french fries in between two thick uh, slices of Italian bread. Sounds delicious to me. I definitely have that as my bucket list in terms of the PNC Park. If you've had it, please let us know how it is. That is number five, Ma, the meatloaf. Number four... I'm actually going to be experiencing this here in a few days. It is the Hot Chicken Mac and Cheese, and that is at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, definitely have different sporting events in this particular venue, home of the Nashville Predators NHL hockey team. Um, so this one is, is actually mixed of mild cheese, heart pasty, um, poultry, and then it's obviously ch uh, topped with a chopped bread and butter pickled chips. Uh, it's basically a newer item on the menu, but I am going to uh, uh, try it. So I'll let you know exactly how it is. So that is number four at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Ma, the meatloaf. Number three actually comes uh, from Pennsylvania, and that is in Philadelphia at the Citizens Bank Park. It is the Tony Luke's cheesesteak. Now, this is one of the best cheesesteaks cheesesteaks that I've been told um, in Philadelphia when it comes to a ballpark. And it is in the Citizens Bank ballpark. Um, they actually use only top quality, all natural, antibiotic and hormone free ribeye. 
And obviously that sounds delicious to me. So when you are in Philadelphia catching this Citizens Bank Park, home of the Philadelphia Phillies, please go and check out the Tony's Luke cheesesteak. Ma, the meatloaf. Number three comes from historic Lambeau Field, uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and it is known as the Bacon Blitz Bread. Now, imagine this. 16 strips of bacon wrapped around a cheese curd, stuffed pretzel, and it's actually a baguette, and you're sitting there watching the cheese heads play, something that I definitely want to try while I'm there in the historical Lambeau Field. That is number two, the Bacon Blitz Bread. At Lambeau Field, Ma, the meatloaf. Number one, again, debatable. This is the top five list. They will be interchanging. For this particular countdown, we have number one coming from Washington, D.C. at the Nationals Park, known as the Ben's Chili Bowl Half Smoke. Now, this is historically and a lot of people's iconic favorite in a D.C. ballpark. Um, it is original chili half smoke signature item on the Ben's Chili Bowl. It features a quarter pound beef and pork smoked sausage on a steamed bun with not only mustard, onions, fiery house-made chili. It's the original since 1958. Definitely need to try if I'm ever watching the Washington, D.C. Nationals in their park. Number one, Ben Chili's Bowl Half Smoke. Ma, the meatloaf. We'll be right back. Welcome, everybody, back to the Sporting Crashers, the fun, feel-good sports entertainment show live on the podcast. First and foremost, I want to thank Jerry Dupree. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Huh. You've always been rocking with me since day one, man. Really want to appreciate it. Before we get involved with all the brands and start telling us our, your story, you know, just uh, give our listeners a little bit of, you know, what you have as far as experience, not only playing ball, but also everything that you've done to be creating global brands across the world, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you doing, man? Thank you for having yeah, me, man. You, on, you know, man. this is really cool, and I like what you're doing, man. And I'm, I'm excited to be on the show, and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Jerry Dupree, um, born in Los Angeles, California, uh, raised in IE, Riverside, uh, Marina Valley, where I went to high school. Uh, basketball, I was a late bloomer. Um, I just started really playing basketball until I was like 14, 14 and a half years old, like my sophomore year, where I had the opportunity to go to a camp called Superstar Camp in San Diego, and that's when I fell in love with the game. Uh, it was just so cool to see so many basketball players and coaches and Chris Mullen was there, a couple of NBA guys and Chris Mullen was shooting threes and he didn't miss, he must shot like yeah. 33s. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is where I belong, this is where I wanted to be. And you know, I was 5'9 in high school. I grew to be like 6'1 my sophomore year. Then after my junior year, my, well, becoming my junior year, I was 6'7. So I had to play basketball. So I picked up the basketball tried out, made the team, made the varsity team, and that was it. Basketball was my life. It was every day. I was at the park every day. I was dribbling the basketball every day. I was carrying basketballs with me to school. Everything around me was strictly basketball, and that's how I really became good. So after high school, I ended up uh, 
have to go to JUCO. So I went to JUCO. It's one of the top JUCOs in the nation called Southern Idaho. That's where I met my buddy okay. Kenny Bruner. Uh, he played at Dominguez High School, Compton, Tayshawn Prince. They was number one right. in the country. He was the best point guard in the United States at the time. So when I met him, that's it really transformed me because he was he was like a coach player, so to speak. Like if I was doing things wrong, he'd show me, you know, what I need to do right and and that love just became even more and we started talking about basketball. So after JUCO, I ended up getting a scholarship to USC. Trojans. So once I got to the Trojans, I knew it, was, it, it became a business. You know, it became more of a lifestyle, a business, uh, something that I had. It was a give and take. They given me a scholarship. I had to go perform on the basketball course, and I saw it like that. But you know, once you're at that level, now your dreams and goals is trying to make it to the NBA. You know, you trying to make money. You trying to be the next Kobe Bryant, the next LeBron James, or whoever it may be. And I think that's every kid's, you know, aspirations when they're in school or playing the sport of basketball. So for me, I wasn't really chasing that. I really was into fashion, you know, um, to piggyback on what we're going to talk about a little later, Book Clothing Co. I have to talk about it now because yeah. Book Clothing Co. is actually before basketball. Exactly, man. I, I don't want to interrupt you, know? you, but that's a perfect transition. That's actually what I was going no, with. No, go ahead. And yeah. it's perfect that you say that because... It's, it's important to discuss the experience of, of not only what the culture is in terms of basketball, right? Being a hooper, but then also, you know, how does that brand represent you? Uh, Brothers of One Kind, Book Clothing, clothing sponsor of the Sporting Crashers. Uh, and also, how'd you, how'd you come up with that? <laughs> You're looking good. You know? and, and also, I, I, we've been talking back and forth, and thank you for coming on the show, like I said. And I just want just a little preview, you know, what's, yeah. what's next for the brand. I know we're uh, still in the pandemic somewhat, you know, but... At the end of the day, you yeah, know, what's, what's next? Because right. I know the brand is doing really well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it looks good on you, too. Uh, so um, what you're wearing right now is called uh, Book Clothing Co. Book is an acronym for Brothers of One Kind. So it was kind of an idea. So let me backpedal a little bit. So the love of fashion came from, I think, my grandmother. My grandmother had a house, four or five bedroom house, but every room was full of clothes, brand new clothes, tags on. I used to see that going to her house every weekend when she lived in Los Angeles. And she used to always buy me clothes, like the Looney Tunes shirts and the Mickey Mouse shirts. And they, I thought they was really cool and she had good taste. So I think that's where my love of fashion came from. But Book Clothing Co. really came from FUBU, actually. I was a big FUBU fan at the time. This was 1997, 98, 99, where, you know, I couldn't really uh, buy all the FUBU stuff that I wanted. You know, I used to see it at the stores and it was like, oh, $80, $90. My dad's like, oh, I'm not paying for that. Like, no way. <laughs> I was like, all right. So, I don't know. Um, Book Clothing Club came from a dream. You know, I'm a dreamer. I'm a creator. And it came to me one night. I was sitting in my room and it was like, I want to start my own clothing brand. How am I going to do it? I got to figure it out. Came with the name Book Clothing Club, wrote it on my wall. I went to school uh, with a piece of paper and had Book Clothing Club on there. Started asking people, would you wear this and what it means? And I got... Uh, a couple of my friends that was interested in clothing too and that's how book clothing code really started was including my friends because being around the stars really means you know um, 
we all have the same goals. We all want to be successful. We all don't want to achieve, you know, greatness. And I needed people around me to fulfill this dream. And that's what Be Around Stars mean, Book Clothing Co. So each star on your t-shirt represent a member of Book Clothing Co. So, you know, I created it and, you know, uh, I couldn't do nothing with it because I didn't know how to manufacture. I didn't know how to make t-shirts. I had no clue, zero. I used to just, look on in magazines and try to figure it out. But I was playing basketball, so basketball took up my whole life. So I couldn't do nothing with it. So fast forward to maybe USC, then, you know, because bas basketball and clothing is kind of conjunction with each other because it was all the same timeline, you know? So when I'm talking about basketball, I'm talking about book clothing code too, because I was doing the same, trying to figure it out both of the, these avenues that I wanted to take. So I had the opportunity to go to USC and meet some people that worked on Melrose in fashion because they was working there. So that's how I figured out how to try to make t-shirts and things like that. But basketball was my job. So I couldn't do t-shirts, I didn't have the time. So I had to postpone that for years and years and years. You know, um, maybe I finished USC in 2004 I couldn't start Book Clothing Go again until maybe 2009 because I didn't have any money. I didn't know how to do it. So I was able to play on an M1 mixtape tour, make some money, and that's when Book Clothing Co. really got established in 2008. And that's when I figured, start trying to really figure it out and make it into a business. Oh, it's perfect transition, man. We're yeah, going to get back to that N1 because that N1 mixtape was a huge part of my, yeah, yeah, my yeah, coming yeah, out all the time. Sure. So uh, real quick, I, I, I appreciate that you tapped into you know, you being a student athlete at the time, being at USC. So we do have a lot of young listeners that tune yeah. into our show. Um, so in particular, as far as when you were in uh, college and what's happening right now with the nil deals and things like that, well, what, what would you give somebody advice? Right. Um, not only just playing maybe youth ball, but any type of youth sport uh, in terms of anything to do with playing collegiate sports. Yeah, I wish I was playing collegiate sports right now in 2021 with the NIL deals. Right, NIL, oh my gosh, exactly. I'd be a multi-millionaire for sure. Yeah, NIL, I'd be a multi-millionaire for sure. I have a lot of endorsements. Um, I think it's a great thing with that. I think kids deserve that because once again, colleges like USC, UCLA, Dukes, Kansas, Kentucky, they make millions of dollars off our likeness, our jerseys, and our sweat and tears. Absolutely. We practice every day, we go to school, we have to be socialites in terms of we're superstars on campus, off campus, you gotta watch what we do. It's just, you know, we're professionals, but in a collegiate atmosphere. And my advice to kids that wanna play college ball, you really have to have it in your heart. I've seen a lot of guys say, I wanna go to UCLA, USC and get there. Oh, I'm homesick. Oh, it's too hard. The coach is hard. School, I don't want to go to class. You got. You have to know in your mind and in your heart that you have a lot of work to do. And you have to have a support system. I believe that make a decision on the school best for your needs. If you're trying to chase the NBA, then you go to a basketball powerhouse. If you're trying to chase education, then you figure out if they got a decent enough program, but a great educational program. So it's all hand in hand, because you know how they say, when you're picking a school, this is gonna be the biggest decision that you ever make. Well, it's true. You know, I had the opportunity to go to Kansas, Kentucky, uh, some big time schools, um, 
Bobby Huggins. It was at Cincinnati. Yeah. He told me not to go to USC. Right. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Cincinnati. It was either Cincinnati or USC. You know, reason why? Because Cincinnati was Jordan brand. I was like, oh, I'm was fashion that, was Jordan. That a, was that Let's around do the Kenyon Martin time? Jordan. Yeah, it was after. It was around. It was right. Yeah, it was more. Um, what's the kid name that went there? He broke his neck. Um, oh my oh, gosh, yes, yes, I forget yes. his name. The Bearcats. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, I played with him in the ABA with Matt Barnes and Dennis Rodman and okay. stuff in the ABA. Yeah. Uh, Demar Johnson. Demar Johnson. Yep. It was around That's that right. time. Demar Johnson. Yep. Yeah. So I was planning on going there, but you know, I I made the decision to stay at home. It was a good decision, but USC at the time was a good basketball team. We made it to the tournament, but they wasn't a powerhouse basketball team. It was a powerhouse football right. school. That's right. So I imagine if I would have went to Kansas or Cincinnati, these basketball programs, my NBA transition would have been a little bit easier. I'd probably have been a lottery pick and play more and things mm -hmm. like that. So my advice to the kids right now is have a good support system, practice, what you preach in terms of you say you want it, you have to do the work to get it. It's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be a situation where just because you're good, because once you get to college, everyone is on your same level skill-wise. Guys could jump, guys could shoot, and guys could play the game. So just really just pick a, a school that you're gonna be able to play at. That's my biggest advice, is pick a school that you're gonna play a lot of minutes. Right. So, yeah. Well, we appreciate that advice, man, really. And I, I can't, I can't yeah, emphasize sure. this enough, you know, ask the right questions, you know, make, making sure utilizing all yeah. the resources. And yeah. sometimes, Very you know, important. when we're younger, we don't, we don't really see how valuable brothers and sisters, moms and dads, aunts and uncles that just right. might possibly genuinely want to give us information. You know, sometimes we have to sit back and say, yeah. like you said, what's, what's in best interest for us. So, uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I'm just funny that you say that because I'm that guy now. Now I'm the uncle. I'm the guy that people come to advice to. I've always been the youngest right. one. So I've always been reaching out. So now I get it now. So any advice, anybody can call me anytime. I get random people Facebooking me. Hey, I got a question about basketball. Yeah. Should I do this? I'm like, listen, here go your choices. Here go your options. Let's weigh them out, pros and cons. And that's how I approach everyone. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> So now, first of all, you know me, man. I respect serial entrepreneurs. Anything to do with making sure <laughs> that you own everything that you do. So I know, yes. like I said, Ownership. Brother, uh, Brothers of One Kind Clothing, everything that's going on with the brand, I'm rocking yes. with 100%. All of my listeners, you know, Thank please you. check out the website. I'll make yeah. sure I drop all those. Tell everybody about the tip off yeah, basketball clothing, board. Clothing, and, you know, uh, our listeners uh, were oh, asking wow. me a lot yeah. about it once I posted a few of the pictures on the Instagram. You know, how did you and your team come up yeah. with it? You know, I know you got a, a, a huge, wonderful reaction at a lot of the few events that you've been at. Yeah. You know, tell us about it, you know, and what's next yeah. for you guys in terms of that brand. Yeah, tip off basketball, the board game. Uh, you can check it out at brainfitgames.com. You can purchase it right now. And I definitely could do a, a deal for all your listeners that want to purchase it. And, you know, it comes with a keychain and stickers and all kinds of accessories. But yeah, tip off basketball. Um, the pandemic, man, the pandemic. What can I say? You know, um, I am a serial entrepreneur because I, I, like I said, I'm a creator. I consider myself a creator. How about that? A curator. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, once I have a vision, yeah, yeah. Once because once I have a vision, I have to bring it to life. I have to have a tangible good. I can't just have it on paper. I, I have to see it. So I didn't. I created toys. Uh, Bookie the Robot Kid. 
uh, Bookie the Robot Kid, the book. I created Tags and Rags, the clothing brand for kids, Book Clothing Co. Uh, Creative Monster Production was video and movie and short film and, and screenwriting. Uh, and my last uh, in the, um, business is Tip Off. And that was something, like I said, because of the pandemic, because I was sitting at home and Book Clothing Co. was done. All the designs was done, it was on the website. And I was like, what's next? talking to my buddy in Australia and we were just talking about basketball. Something came over me. I had a pen and paper and I was just jotting stuff down. I told him, hey, I want to make a board game. I just want to challenge myself to see if I can do it. And that's how that became. And I started jotting it down on a piece of paper. We started talking about it. I started out outlining it. And next thing you know, I'm on the phone with China manufacturers. I'm on Fiverr looking for designers. I'm paying for samples and tip-off basketball was created in November. By February of 21, I had my first samples. And the reason why I created it is because I wanted an outlet for, at the time, people that couldn't get in the gym or people that couldn't, you know, shoot, you know, just have a fun game, but teach you how to play the game of basketball. So tip-off basketball is all NBA basketball rules from um, from um, um, technical fouls to free throws to things like that. So it's a mix between Monopoly and Hot Shot where you shake the dice, you go around the board, and the board tells you exactly if you score, if you lose points, if you get a technical foul. It's all basketball terminology. So I felt like it was good for the kids Absolutely. because they can learn the rules of the game. Rules of the game. You know, they can learn the rules of the game. They can learn how to play the game without actually being on the court. And I thought it was cool because you have a mini basketball that you have to shoot the little ball in. And it's just the whole competitive nature of it. You know, you could play five on five, two on two, one on one. You know, and I had a great response when I took it to Comic-Con this year mm -hmm. at downtown Los Angeles. Uh, it was amazing. They had over 100,000 people there. And the the people that came to my game and bought my game, it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be more like basketball fans. No, it was regular families that love the game and sport of basketball. That's right. You know? And Bring some clothes. And I had opportunity for them. Yeah, and I had an opportunity for them to sit down at the game, lay it out on the table. They could sit there and play it. And once they played it, you saw it was moms, dads, little girls, little boys, grandpas, grandmas, all competing against each other. And the beautiful thing about it, too, I created a few attributes of the game. We have physical challenges where you get five to ten points for doing push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks. We have sports questions. When did Kobe Bryant win his first championship? We have technical foul cards, um, move back two spots, move forward two spots. And we also have, you know, hot shots where you land a card and you get 20 seconds to shoot as many shots as you possibly can, physically shots. So I thought it was a challenging game. It was fun. And so far, so good. The next move forward, you know, just try to get it in the game stores, keep going to these toy conventions. And really just, I, wanted, I want this game to be uh, a game that's played all across the world. So tip off basketball, yeah, that's that's my baby right now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll we'll make sure that we post that all of our information as far as the the links and where to get it. So appreciate you sharing that, man, and good luck with that. Seriously, that's a that's a great thing. Cause yeah, that's, thank you. That's utilizing the platform for family time. Not a lot of people can say that you know growing up that they might have done that, but you know possibly them becoming parents you know, saying, hey, this is something that we can do instead of just sitting around the TV yeah. watching a movie, we can actually interact and, you know, learn about the game and have fun. 
it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because it is a binding. It's a binding experience too. But you know, it also brings out that competitive spirit. Absolutely. But also, it helps out. Yeah, it helps out like the young kids. It teaches them how to, to count. You know, you got to count the dice. You got to count around the board. You got to count your points. You lose points. You win points. So it's very educational. And I found out being going to these different conventions that a lot of school systems, you know, want to use for like their PE classes mm -hmm. or just a, a whole new program. I had this school in Chicago order a box of them, a box of eight for his classroom to do a competitive, you know, a war system or math because you can also do it with math you could do it that's with right, right. sports questions you could do it with history questions and so on and so on so you know the future of tip-off basketball is huge you know we can expand to just outside of basketball different sports soccer Absolutely. football you know yeah Absolutely. so it's wide open so i'm excited for the future of it yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you guys it. man you got a lot of good things going on with that I'll just kind of tap it Thank back you. to what we were talking about a little bit ago man uh yeah. just i'm part of yeah. that generation that you know, I remember I used to get the N1 mixtapes on DVDs. You know, I remember, Whoa. you know, before putting them on ESPN and ESPN2 and showing the tour style, it was like we were talking about, right. hey, you know, every single city, it was it was somebody, hey, you guys show up and show out. Can you guys beat us? You know, just give us a little bit of, you know, information on the experience of that. And then I'm sure you guys have created a brotherhood with, you know, everybody that was involved in it. Yeah, man. What an experience. That was a great sure. time of my life. Oh my God. It was a five year run, a five year run. But you know, the funny thing about it, I wasn't even supposed to play street ball. I wasn't a street baller. I'm not a street baller, right. but you know, it's like a, a what is it called? Um, catch 22, so to speak, right. because we all come for street ball. <laughs> when we first start playing, when you play at the playgrounds, like everyone from Kobe Bryant to LeBron, we all played in at school right. playgrounds, right? But I, but it was funny though because I thought I was better than street ball, honestly, because I went to USC. Mm -hmm. I played professional ball before then too. I was overseas playing, so when I had the opportunity to play street ball, it was like what street ball? They don't get paid. I'm not going to no <laughs> country. I'm not getting hurt. Right. But I'm gonna be honest. The money convinced me. The money that you can make in street ball convinced me to do it. And so I convinced my buddy Kenny Bruner to do it. He was very anti, like, no. I have to thank my buddy, too, Zach Frey. Um, he's a local guy from Los Angeles, played with me in the Drew Leagues and things like that. And he gave me the opportunity. He was LeBron's at the time, stunt double and stuff. And he had a Nike commercial. Okay. And he couldn't go to the tour. So he asked me at a game on a Saturday afternoon, like, hey, JD. Listen, and one's gonna be in San Francisco. They're gonna give you 1200 bucks, they're gonna give you a hotel, they're gonna fly you out there just to play in the game, you come back home the next day. Mm -hmm. I was like, no. That go that piggyback to how I started the conversation. <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm cool, I don't play street ball. He's like, listen, they're gonna give you 1200 bucks. I was like, oh, hold on, 1200, what am I doing tomorrow? <laughs> Sitting at home, watching TV, going to the gym, playing for free? Let's go. So once I did that, life changing. So let's fast forward. I'm there now. I'm playing 35 points that game. We play the next night, 45 points. I'm guarding all the best and one guys, dunking on them, everything. Let's fast forward to maybe two or three weeks ago. And one's day we want to sign you. And that's how that happened. And one was the uh, greatest experience from 2000, I believe, five, all the way to 2010, I believe, traveling around the world. China, Dubai, Australia, the bus, luxury, everybody got their bum flash, 
flat screens, go to the hotel. We stand at five star hotels. Everybody got their big suites. We get in per deal. I end up making 170,000 a year with M1, you know, dealing with them over the five year span, you know, shoe contracts, clothes, travel. It was just amazing. The guys was, were good. Was, you know, people thought M1 was so yeah. big at that time. I mean, people thought M1 was fake though. Yeah. Oh, they okay. thought it was fake, right? They thought it was yeah. not real basketball. It was very competitive. We actually picked the best of the best. And because I came from a collegiate background, a professional background, it wasn't no tricks for me. It was all dunks. It was all get buckets, win games. So I was one of the top guys used to get MVP, me, Hot Sauce, and a few other guys, Professor, because they was like, you know, the, the, the novelty, so to speak. You right. know, we had the white guy, Professor. He playing with all these black guys and stuff, but he's dominating. Then we have hot sauce that have super handles and spins. Then we have half man amazing that been with and one since the mixtape tour that you used to buy him at Foot Locker or Foot Action back in 1999. Main event, Kenny Bruner, Bad Santa, and all these guys. And they they helped groom me too in the basketball world, you know, because they were much older. I was young, you know, but I was but they all know I was chasing this NBA dream. So 2007, I finally got the opportunity to go to State Warriors called me from the M1 Mixtape Tour. And you want to speak on this, it's only two players that ever played with M1 Mixtape Tour and ever, and ever got the opportunity to play in the NBA. And that's Jerry Dupree, the assassin, the skip to my Lou, Ray for Austin. Skip to my Lou, Ray for Austin. Ray for Austin, yes. Yeah, he had a longer, better career than me, of course, but we were the only two. Because I, I got you, to play uh, with Fresno the summer. State, right? Fresno State, right? You Fresno State. With the Fresno State, yep. And I got the opportunity in 07 to be the second player to come from the N1 Mixtape Tour to play on the NBA team, which I played summer league with the Golden State Warriors. And that was a great experience, too. So, you know, N1 gave me a lot. You know, financially, you know, travel. I got to be become cultured because I traveled to over 60 different countries. I got to see and experience the good and bad to the most expensive hotels in Dubai to Puerto Rico, the most slums of the slums, you know, so it was a great experience. Great. Absolutely. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I used yeah. to describe it a, a little bit of like the Harlem Globetrotters of our generation with the culture that was everything <laughs> associated with hooping and, you know, so much of the of, of hip hop at that time. The generation of just like, and I, I used to say that when we used to go and we would just go to our buddies' houses, you know, hey, I got the new DVD. Oh, you got the new volume? Well, let's go and check it out. You know, we're sitting here watching the mixtape while we're playing Nas, Jada Kiss, you know, right. Jay-Z, Tupac. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, that was the music yeah. then, yeah. That's exactly. That's the, and you know and the funny I'm, thing I'm about that comment? And you know the funny thing about your comment right now? I played with the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> in uh, 2005. Uh, yeah, so I, so I was going to transition to that, you know what I mean? Because it's... It's that experience. Oh, okay. like yeah, that, it was crazy. Uh huh. Because it, it, I, I played with them before and one. Okay. So I got to experience both sides of the entertainment factor. Harlem Globetrotters, let's say, not to knock it, it's a great organization, everything's great about it, but let's just say it's like going to the circuits. You know what I mean? So every right. time no, you yeah. go to the circus, you go to the 9 o'clock act, you go to the 10 o'clock act, you go to the afternoon act, it's all going to be the same. The right. same everything, right? That's right. how Harlem Globetrotters was. It was very like the same. And for me, it was like Manny Jackson at the time said, I want to sign you to a lifetime contract, but I don't want you to chase the NBA. 
So for a 21 year old, 22 year old, it was like, what? No, I still have opportunity. So for Ad One to come in the mix and give me the platform, be on ESPN, get endorsed by Boost Mobile, by uh, Old Spice, Pepsi, and all these companies, and they're giving us exposure with uh, radio and TV and shows. That was the opportunity to take advantage of it, you know, to get to that next level. And just the difference between the two was one is a show and one was kind of considered a show, but it was real basketball. That's right. You know? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the Sporting Crashes, man, so we got to have a little bit of fun with it. I think uh, some of my listeners, whether they're Sir. older or younger, we can pretty much say, hey, you know what? What we just saw not only at the All-Star break, but also what's been happening in the last few years in the NBA you know, we got a lot of a lot of talent. So I'm I'm gonna name a player. You tell me one <laughs> word, whatever characteristic, you could say a phrase, I'm just gonna go down with it. I gotta start with, in okay. my opinion, obviously, you know, it's it's been said already, but I mean, revolutionize the game, best shooter in the world, Steph Curry. Oh wow. Steph Curry, huh? I'ma say genius. I say genius, why? Because I think he figured out the science of shooting. I think he actually figured out the science of it. I think he went that in depth to figure out the science of shooting a basketball at the level he shoots. Reggie Miller was a great shooter, but the things that Curry does off the dribble, right? and you see the ball rotation and it hits nothing but net, that tells me that it's the science in this thing, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great yeah, shooter. Perfect. perfect. Now, uh, one of my favorite players, Jason Tatum. Ah. Uh, similar to me. <laughs> yeah? I feel like me I and like Jason that. Tatum. I like that. See, that's that's good. good. You can recognize yeah. the game. You know what? Well, yeah. I, I would say he's a much better player just because, yeah, he's in the NBA, he's dominating the NBA, and I'm not there, right? Yeah. So I can't compare it on that level. But I would say some of the game, yes, high flyer, can shoot the ball, can do everything on the court. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. If I had to pick him on a team or something, he's going to be one of my top picks for sure. Okay. Yeah. I like that, sure. man. That's See, that's good word association. I like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> transitioning to a little bit more of this generation. I, you know, I got nephews, I got cousins, and they're a little bit younger than me. Right. And, and their main guy right now is uh, John Morant. Oh, John Morant. Amazing. For his height, for his ability to catch out of Ups at a high level. So he's catching out of Ups over six, seven, six, eight, seven footers around him. Who else is doing that? Who else can do that at that type? No one. Amazing. All I can say, amazing. Let's uh yeah let let's let's go with let's go with D book Devin Booker. Ha ha D book. Who? Smooth. Suave. Kardashian. Yeah, Booker's one of those smooth players, one of those smooth, like just suave basketball type of bodies. You know, everything he do is very like just smooth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I mean that's a perfect description, especially with the NBA Finals yeah. last year, and he's pulling up in that in that in that vehicle. Yeah, yeah, just like, smooth pulling up in this old school. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, he's just yeah, a smooth yeah. guy. He seems like he's very calm demeanor 
in all interactions and I like that about him because that shows a lot of what qualities I want in a basketball player, Absolutely. which is that smooth, just calm, steady guy, yeah. But guy has game, ultimate game, Shit, yeah. All right, we gonna go with a uh, young guy, kind of showing his uh, highlights here in the uh, All-Star game and getting a little bit of recognition. Ooh, uh, I, I know Green. you're talking about Jalen Green. Cali boy, my Cali boy. Oh man, I have a lot of words for him. Um, I want to go see him play live. <laughs> I've been saying that, man. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, he's a special kid. He's special. I didn't think he could shoot like that. I didn't think he could shoot like that, especially off the dribble, hand and face. I didn't think he had that in him. I used to watch him a lot on YouTube when he was, you know, playing in high school. Then he went to the D League. I don't know what happened. Something to transition. But I always said, too, some guys are not meant for college. Some guys can't play in college. It'd be, it'd be too hard for them. The NBA game is wide open. For guys like him, as soon as he transitioned to the NBA, it was over. He's a superstar. He's going to right. be a superstar in the NBA. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. it, it, it almost seems like every time I watch him, he accepts any challenge. Anything in, in on any the court that, that can go. It's like he mm -hmm. accepts it. And it's not... It's not like yeah. so much that if he doesn't hit that shot that he's thinking, oh, I don't want to shoot that shot because out of fear. Right. It's more of I'm going to make that right. and I'm going to make sure that I master it. That I've been seeing that in his game a lot. And, and now Yeah, I'm going to show you that I can do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to show you that I can do it. I'm going to show you that I can play this. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> got, got a couple yeah. more. Let's, uh, let's throw Mr. Luka Doncic in here. Luka Doncic. Oh, change teams it's good to be a man it's good to be the superstar on one team but i feel like luca needs to be on the nba championship team he need he's he's ring material luca is ring material you know I, I i had the experience to go to a lot of different countries and play a lot of different foreign lands and their basketball training is way different than america you know they started playing professional at 12 and 13 years old right Right. No school, none of that. Yeah, so Luca's one of those breeds that he played. He's been playing basketball at a professional level at right. since a teenager. So I love everything about his game, from the way he shoots, his dribbles, his IQ. I just think he needs to go to an NBA championship team. He needs another superstar. Mm -hmm. He he's a superstar in himself, but I think he needs just another superstar. And once he finds that, and once he gets that, he's gonna get a lot of rings. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, a few more. Second to last one, let me go with uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, a sniper. sniper. Kevin Durant. I can't comprehend for his body type, yeah. he, the things he does. Yeah, that's true. When I watch him, yeah, when I watch Kevin, I cannot, I cannot stop looking at his legs. How <laughs> yeah. does someone that has legs like that do what he does? That's just amazing to me. I might be weird or something, I don't know, but... For him to be able to run, jump, and shoot like he does with that type of body, I feel like, how? Like, how? Who are you? You know, but I like him. Um, I don't believe that he wants to be on, like, super teams. I believe he just want to win championships. And mm -hmm. I honestly believe I'll do the same thing. If LeBron's like, Jerry, let's play. We're going to get Kobe. We're going to get Shaq. We all going to be in the same team. Hell yeah. Let's do it. We're yeah. going to dominate the league, and they're going to figure out how to beat us. That's my mentality, and I love that. So I don't believe when people say, oh, he just want to be on the super team. No, he just want to win rings. All right. 
So with that being said, last but not least, so what we had, what we're having right now, and then in the future, what do you got to say anything about LeBron James? The GOAT. He, surpa he surpassed Michael Jordan, for sure. Why? I'm, I always compare LeBron and Kobe in the sense of they both come out of high school, right? Mm -hmm. But let's, let's talk about just basketball in terms of as soon as I came out of high school, as soon as I, my first game in the NBA, what did I do? Kobe had a struggle. He had to come off the bench here and there, right? Because he had other guys in front of him. But LeBron came in, 35 points first game. Let's go all the way up to now, right? Averaging over 27 points. He dominated since he was 17. He's been in the league almost 20 years. He's the GOAT. Michael Jordan has to be second or third, but he's the go. Why? Because he came out of high school dominating. That's my argument. I'm gonna stick to that. <laughs> hey, I respect it, man. I respect it. Right? You're in conversations with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I mean, and and again, yeah. it's gonna be a lot of arguments here and there, but at the end of the day, right. what you just said, absolutely true. Yeah. Hundred percent. Absolutely. It's yeah, it's like because Michael Jordan didn't come into the NBA winning championships or, you know, he came in being Michael Jordan, being that great player. LeBron James came in dominating, though, like at a young, young, young age, then, then became champion multiple teams. So that's huge. That's not easy to do on different Absolutely. teams. Different well, I appreciate players. it, Jerry, man. Really appreciate your time yes, and sir. coming in and being yeah, one of man. our one of our fellow crashers here on the Sporting Crasher, man. Uh, once again, let the listeners know where to put, purchase any of the book, clothing, swag, and then yeah. the tip basketball game, man, because, you know, tip off basketball. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something I'm looking forward yes, to sir. share with my family and friends, too. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me, man, and shout out to what you're doing. I love the show. Everyone go check out the Sporting Crashers, man. It's a dope podcast, and I, I can't wait for bigger and beautiful things and sponsorships. Thank you, man. But, yeah, Book Clothing Co. You can check out Book Clothing Co. at bookclothingco.com, and you can check out Tip Off Basketball at brainfitgames.com. So they both on sale. Like I said, man, I appreciate, you know, you guys listening. I appreciate you, Eric, for having me on the show, man. You look good in the clothes, and I hope we can do this Tom, more man, often and again. Hey, man, and God bless you, man, and take care. Absolutely. Thank you, Jerry Dupree. Once again, I'll make sure that I, sure. I post all of the links, everything, when it comes to the clothing, when it comes to the tip-off basketball game. Appreciate you on my show, man. And I know for a fact we're going to have some updates, some events you know, some fashion shows, and you know, some commercials, everything yeah. coming up with all the brands, man. So uh, thank you again. Oh, I, just want to, I want to say one more thing. Can I yes. say one more thing? I just want to say one more thing. We forgot about to talk about one more thing. I went to North Korea with Dennis Rodman. Check out yes, my sir. book on Amazon. It's called Balling Under Pressure, North Korea versus America. That's Balling Under Pressure, North Korea versus America. It's about the story of me going to North Korea, meeting Kim right. Jong-un with Dennis Rodman. And it's, it's on Amazon, so check it out. It's a great book. All right, so so what we're going to do is we're going to tease you a little bit. And when we bring back Jerry <laughs> next month, in a few weeks here, we're going we're gonna to tap into that because I'm going to make sure that I cop the book so I can, you know what I mean, make sure that I Let's do some free book. giveaways too. Yeah, let's do some okay. free giveaways with the game, the clothes, yes, and all that. Let's figure that out. We will. For some of your we listeners will. that don't listen to this, they call in. Let's, let's give them some free stuff. Let's hook them up. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Sporting Crashers. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And episode two is well underway. I definitely am excited to bring to our show another fellow crasher. Uh, she goes by Carrie Sims Vaughn, KSV. Please take a moment before we start with the interview questions and getting to know you. Please tell, tell a little bit about your experience, not only in terms of the industry, but also what it is that you do for a living. Uh, yeah, thanks, Eric. I, um, I work as, uh, well, I started out as a stylist, um, gosh, way back when in the music industry, and then kind of just kicked that to the curb and went straight to athletics, uh, just because I really love, I've been athletic my whole life. I really understood uh, textiles in, uh, in the sports world, and so it just sort of made sense. Um, and I've been working as a stylist, owning uh, a business that basically uh, works with athletes, uh, primarily in the golf industry. Uh, right. Obviously done a little bit of work, uh, or a lot of work, with Golf Magazine and uh, Golf.com. So, yeah. Awesome, primarily awesome. golf. Absolutely. I would, little I NBA, let you go with little it NFL. And, and absolutely. You know, squeeze those in there. Sure, sure, sure. That's great. So before we get into the golf thing, I kind of wanted to let you um, touch base on it. But I'd love to get your opinion on one thing. Uh, whenever, you know, I'm watching sports and I see, you know, an athlete possibly arriving at a stadium or an arena, you know, how impressive is it to you since you are a stylist and you've been around the men's fashion and women's fashion as well? Uh, how impressive is it when an athlete actually takes pride in, you know, their pregame appearance and you know, that whole persona of a brand that they're trying to create for themselves. Oh my God, it's it's so super cool to watch. Um, I love seeing what other stylists do uh, with their athletes. I think when an athlete is walking into a stadium and they're just decked head to toe and just the most amazing uh, suits or track suits or whatever it is they're wearing and all their bling, I love it. I, I think it's so fun and great and uh, crazy great just to see what uh, what their personality wants to you know project. So it's awesome. Absolutely, I, I look forward to it all the time. I mean, especially NFL season, you know, when you see athletes coming in and just either, you know, an away game coming off the bus or, you know, and, and, and that's just where I'm getting to where I'm starting to see as far as NHL um, before, you know, when I was growing up, I was just see NHL players based off of, you know, who they were on the ice but it gives them something that you know differentiates themselves as far as what are, what they're wearing, the hairstyle, the facial oh, hair, totally. and things like that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, I, I worked with uh, Jeffrey Simmons from the Titans not long ago, and then of course he was posting on his Instagram. I think they were headed to, uh, well, they were going to play the Beng uh, the Bengal the Bengals, and for right. uh, yeah for um, uh, pregame or not pregame, but. Uh, uh, Playoffs, my God. Anyways, he was taken off private plane. Obviously, that stuff, he just was like ducked head to toe. I sent him a little mm -hmm. message. I'm like, damn, brother, you look so good. <laughs> so, right. I mean, he looked amazing. He is just such an, a young, amazing player, kid, person. Um, I just thrilled to see him look so great. So, yeah. I mean, okay. they've got their right. style. It's just really fun. So Absolutely. So it kind of transitions to what I'm going to ask you next. I mean, and you can kind of tap into it. I know that was a great experience. Um, I saw a lot of the images that you posted and uh, yeah. that he posted as well. It came out great. So what, what are some of your favorite photo shoots that you've ever worked with or, you know, interaction with uh, somebody, whether it was an athlete or, you know, somebody that had um, that, that credibility or that pool when it came to social media? Yeah. You know, I've been really fortunate to work on some great projects. Um, 
I, it's hard for me to just pick any one because every experience is so different. Every project's totally different, whether it's a creative thing or a personality thing. But I would have to say my favorite probably was working with Grant Hill. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's awesome. just, he's just a fantastic guy. And I had a really great opportunity to actually go to his house and work out of his closet, which like is a designer is, is a stylist dream because a wow. everything fits him perfectly. It's all custom made right. and it was beautiful. And what was super fun about that was after we finished, he's a big surfer. So he has, he lives, you know, he's got a surf boat. So we got, went out surfing right. afterwards, which was really cool. So, okay. Well, a little props that sounds great. Benefits. Shout out Grant Hill. <laughs> And, uh, you know, yeah. it, possibly if he listens to this, congratulations on being named as one of the top 75 players in the history of the NBA. That's that's amazing. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's a that's a great, great, great uh, yeah. photo shoot, I'm sure, experience. Uh, so, so tell me in terms of your next step, right? What's the next accomplishment that you would like to see in your career? Uh, gosh, I'm already living it right now. I mean, I am doing some amazing things right now with Lacoste out of France. And so we're developing okay. um, wow. the golf apparel collection for uh, the U.S. for 2023. And that's um, kind of a big deal right now. So I'm kind of going to be going back and forth to Europe uh, over the next year. And then that'll probably kind of transition into a lot more work. But at this point right now, it's just really incredible to be a part of such an iconic brand. And, um, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, so it, that's it's awesome. Fun. So, I'm like yeah, living you, the dream. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I'll, t I'll tell you what, you're going to have to keep me informed on that because, you know, I'm, I definitely want to follow, um, everything that you're doing with that brand cross promotion, um, yeah, you know, absolutely. all the, the collaborations that you're doing. Uh, it, that's, that's amazing to see, uh, that that's something that when, you know, um, Recently, my, my father and my and a lot of my family members, we've been getting more into golf. So, you know, we always see that when it comes to brands like that, they always put out luxury items that you see. Mm -hmm. um, and and, and it, sometimes people don't necessarily know, uh, you know, where it was developed or, you know, what who came up with those ideas. But it's always great to see somebody, on, you know, that, that basically is on our show that is uh, going to be involved in a project like that. Yeah, they've got a great team uh, in France, and um, it's been really, really fun to be able to work with their team and really to mesh the ideas of of their market versus the European market versus the uh, U.S. market, and and they're very different. So uh, it's been an interesting—I don't want to say challenge, but uh, definitely an interesting project because there's so many differences between. Um, well, this side of the pond uh, and, and golf and, you know, right. we're we're very much a lifestyle slash. I mean, people wear golf apparel for every day now. So it, it's, right. you know, That's tech, exactly right. yeah, tech, uh, you know, items are whether it's a polo or a jogger or whatever it is, everything's tech related now. So and it and and it transcends for so many reasons into our life. So it's pretty great. It's, it's, it's a fun time to be in sports apparel for sure. That's great. That's great. So we do have a lot of listeners that um, are younger that, you know, have follow us not only on social media, but always are asking, Hey, what's the sporting crashers about? And, you know, um, that particular generation, uh, those that are possibly even, you know, graduating high school real soon, you know, um, they, they'll say, you know, one thing that I want to study arts, I want to study fashion. So, you know, in your particular case, it's more of a 
it, it, it's it's still the fashion and the arts, but what particular type of uh, advice would you give them? And in terms of if they even had a, a career path choice that, you know, something that might uh, lead them to being a stylist. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to sort of follow your intuition on, on and, and, and know what you, you know, know your style, like find a place and, and wherever that is, if it's, if it's theater, if it's sports, if it, whatever it is, as a right. stylist, you have to have a very defined idea of, of how you, um, I guess, uh, project your, your sense of style. Um, I've always gone with very classic menswear because I love, I, you know, I love menswear. That's kind of my, my dealio. And mm -hmm. from that, I just, I've always really been big into men's classic pieces. But when I started kind of, um, when I started really getting into athletics, I love the fact that they were sort of like cross, um, referencing each other because, uh, tech apparel, getting back into tech, uh, you know, right. tech sportswear. I mean, there's, there's so many amazing classic menswear now that is all made in tech pieces, um, synthetic techs. And so it's just, it was just easy for, it's an easy place to just be for me. But I think if you're up and coming and you really, you just need to define who you are, what you want to be. And I cannot say more than you have to get a thick skin. You have to really take rejection and not take it personally. It's so important to just stay true to who you are, trust in who you are and listen to your inner voice and just know that what you're, where you want to go is you just stay focused and manifest it because it, it's very much all about what's upstairs. It's all in your head. You're projecting it. You're going to make it happen. And you got to believe in yourself. And um, so, you know, define who you are, listen to your intuition and, and stay focused and, you know, don't listen to the criticism. You got to tune the noise out. And I always laugh. Right, I always laugh because Tiger Woods, who is amazing, is is so great at tuning out the noise, and he can get on that tee box and nothing bothers. I mean, he's just he's in his moment, and that's kind of how I try to operate with my own work. I just tune the right. noise out and do my best work. And that's well, you know, that, I think that's it, what I would say is my best advice. Right. That's 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 key. Um, I'm actually glad that you said that. I think, um, you know the younger generation sometimes what they look for in terms of information or you know how to do something is youtube or possibly social media and you know so i think sometimes um there's nothing like asking the right questions right the mm -hmm. career path that you want and so and that's what that's what you know we want as far as the sporting crashers and putting information out there asking these questions because sometimes they just don't exactly know what can drive them there so I'm really happy that you were able to share that with us. I, I do want to say one thing. I mean, obviously, social media is is a huge avenue um, to to you know gain to gain insight from, and also put your work out there. It does become sort of as a stylist, it becomes your resume of work. Um, mm -hmm. But you can't, like we all know, you know, social media is is your best foot forward it's not always the hard stuff it's not always the easy stuff you don't see that and you cannot take a lot of what people post personally their comments they're not there they don't know what you're doing they have no idea that you got up at 4 30 in the morning and you're in a, it's freezing cold out on a golf course and you're out there and you're doing your you know i mean there's a lot of things that happen when you're building your brand and build and your brand being yourself 
that you have to like overcome and hardship is part of it. And, you know, I'm just a big believer that that failure only adds to the better, bigger lesson. And you just work hard and you just keep driving. And again, it's all about manifesting where you want to be. I agree 100% with that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about your, uh, you know, your interest in, in golf. So specifically, um, what is it about golf? I know I've seen many of your posts and you like to go out there and it's great that you're also what you're doing. And as far as being styling those particular type of magazines, golf magazines and um, men uh, when it comes to photo shoots. So, you know, what is it about the golf that actually really does interest you? Oh, my God. Well, first and foremost, I love to play. So that helps. Uh, mm -hmm. And when you play, you understand the uh, logistics of golf, the necessary requirements that you need for golf. Um, but I love golf because it's a, it's it has a lot of honor to it. And there is something about getting on a tee box uh, as a player and there's nature everywhere. It's just beautiful outside. And you get on that tee box and you can just swing away at a ball and just, it's just amazing. It's like this wide open space. You're challenging yourself. There's honor in playing fair and, and, and putting the right score down. There's, there's so much history to the game of golf. And then if you, for me personally, I mean, if I look, I started watching golf with my grandfather, like way back when, and we would sit there and it's so crazy because it's such a stupid story, but I mean, he would literally he liked to bake bread. And so he would bake bread and slice oh, nice. cheese. And we would sit there and eat <laughs> his baked bread and slice cheese and watch golf. And I would love, I just loved watching how green everything was and the guys in there. I, I love the fashion, the, you know, it was back then there was a lot of plaid pants going on and all kinds of stuff, right. but it was, it was pretty fabulous. And I learned to love golf. And then as I got older and started playing it, I really, really, um, I just embrace the game so much. And I think there's, again, back, getting back to life lessons, there's so much that golf teaches us um, personally and, uh, you know, emotionally, again, tuning the noise out and being able to just get out there and really listen to uh, your own inner voice. And it's, it's in your nature. It's a crazy, amazing game. So That's great. So uh, real quick, so did you have a sp uh, specific player that you and your grandfather used to like to root on? I mean, the great thing about golf yeah. is obviously it's an open field, so you have a few. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think back, we watched a lot of, you know, Arnie Arnold Palmer and, and Gary mm -hmm. Player and Lee Trevino and then, of course, Jack Nicholas. I mean, I I, I loved all the old guys, even... even uh, uh, Oh my gosh! Now I'm gonna have a now I'm gonna forget everybody's name, but Freddie Couples was one of my favorites watching. Freddie you know, Couples, growing up, right. and Ernie Els was a huge fave, um, and I still love watching Ernie play. I mean, right? Yeah, there's it, it's just uh, growing up watching these players and then watching them transition into the senior tournaments um, has been really interesting, and then all these up and coming guys. I mean. Sure, it, sure. It, yeah, it's the, there's so much talent out there, and, and obviously the tools of the trade are totally different now these days and drive the ball longer, better equipment. So the game has just really, uh, really become such an amazing, um, a, you know, sport to watch. You can drive the ball so much Absolutely. farther than we used to be able to. 
Yeah. One, one, one of the things I used to love as one of the players, I mean, I was, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I was a San Jose Sharks fan, yeah. hockey, right? So one, one of, obviously, the guy that has the nickname, the Shark, Greg Norman, was yeah. one of those players that I always rooted for. I mean, it was one of those guys, he would wear the hat with the little shark in the front, and it's <laughs> like, hey, I got, I got to root for that guy every time that I saw him, you know? Yeah. So, you know, just um, for me also, you know, really watching um, players that were, uh, earlier where, you know, they transitioned, like you said, um, VJ Singh was another mm -hmm. one that was just what he did for not only golf, but his country, and, yeah. you know, just the pride and the culture. I think that's, that's something that I always love, especially the, the newer generation that, you know, you have, um, players from all over the world, yeah. what they're doing for golf and the col culture aspect of it, it. It's, it's just great. It's tremendous. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, it's just a fun, it's, there's so much competition and it's, um, <sighs> I mean, if I get back and I circle back around into apparel, it's like so crazy because all of this stuff mm -hmm. that, that used to be on the course so long ago has now been uh, basically reinvented in a whole new way. And so it's basically, it's so fun to actually work in the golf uh, apparel business these days because we're just circling back to what we, what used to be, but better and more fun, sure. modern, modern uh, in form and, uh, it's just a crazy great time to be, and I know I keep saying that, but it really is a crazy great time to be in the apparel business that's within the sports market. And um, there's just so much opportunity. And, and when I say opportunity, I mean that, there, that menswear has really just um, become such, you know, it used to be so narrow uh, in terms of what guys had to choose from. And now it's mm -hmm. it's like, the world is their oyster. They've got all kinds of great patterns, prints, stripes. I mean, you're not pigeonholed into just any one type of look anymore. You've got, I mean, you can be as crazy as, as um, oh my gosh, what's the guy, uh, Bill Murray. I mean, you could be as crazy Bill as him Murray. or mm -hmm. even, um, uh, oh my goodness. Um, my, um, I'm sorry, I'm completely having a, it's okay. <laughs> What's his name? Um, Bubba Watson. Oh my God. You can be as Bubba crazy Watson. as Bubba Watson mm -hmm. or you can be as, you know, is it just, there's just so many ways. And I, and it's interesting looking at um, being here in Nashville, obviously we have country music uh, and Lady A Charles uh, uh, from Lady A is a big yes. golfer and he played on the pro-am and He's actually a member of the of the club that I'm with, and um, he was out there wearing some just incredible outfits, and <laughs> I was hope I had something to do with that. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean it's just they look you can look amazing now, be your own point of view in golf without you know looking silly or you know or too out there. There's just so many places to go with golf apparel now. So I don't know if that, that even made that's, sense, that's incredible. but. No, it, it, it does. And that's that that goes to actually it's great that you explain that, because um, as I said before about the culture side of it, like we, we think about the culture as far as, you know, the ethnicities and the heritages that come with the countries. But what you're describing is what you can create within your own, um, you know, fulfillment of what you're trying to expand, not only what you wear on the golf course, but also you know, what it represents. So that's, that's, um, that's yeah, I mean, very, you're definitely, I mean, even, even Justin Timberlake, I mean, he's, he's out there playing. He's always like decked out. He looks great. Or he's in a t-shirt, mm -hmm. but it, it really doesn't matter. Sure. You just, what's so great about playing golf these days is that 
the dress code has changed. It, yes, there's still a lot of it, there's a lot of courses that you you know you can't you still have to wear a collar or you can't wear I mean you can't wear a jogger on the course. I don't even know. But but most courses these days you have the capacity to go out there and really be who you want to be. There's diversity in golf now. It's I mean without saying it's a white man's game anymore. I mean, it's everybody's game. And I love that about golf. It's, it's now no, that. it's no, Absolutely. it's anyone can play. And Top Golf has had, Top Golf had something to do with that. I'm, I have, I believe, because it really brought a huge audience to golf in a totally different way. And, um, but now a game, the, I agree. Yeah. And the I game of golf, golf is just, it's a, it's, it's, nobody's one game it's everybody's game and that is the thing that i think that drives home for me is that the audience for golf now is is everybody from a little kid I, the, the the demographic in golf is just the span is just super vast now and women are playing more which i love and that business is growing um you know slowly but it's growing and it and it looks you know the the collections for women now are are pretty great as well so that's awesome mm -hmm. that's great so a uh, quick question have you actually ever attended any of the majors as a spectator and if so which one and if you haven't which one is on that bucket list yeah i've i've been a lucky enough to attend several um and oh wow they're, okay. they're fun um i went i was sure. supposed to be at augusta honest uh actually at the top golf uh, their venue um right before covid hit that that you know mm -hmm. got canceled like like week like a couple weeks or two or three weeks whatever it was, it was, i don't right. remember, I remember but March, April, uh, March. Mm -hmm. probably my most favorite event was my first uh my most was my first which was the phoenix open uh years ago oh wow okay yeah years ago and it was it was a big eye opener for me because i realized how much you know, I was, I was just starting to play and I was in my teens and, um, I went to this tournament and it was, it was just so much fun and everybody was happy. It was outside. It was like this just incredible venue. And I got sucked in. I mean, truthfully, it was like, it was a game changer for me, uh, to go to that. And obviously the Phoenix open, which is now waste management is like the biggest party in golf. Right, exactly. Yeah, so obviously, it looked a lot of fun that to this year. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Absolutely, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, would I, say, I actually haven't been fortunate to go. <laughs> well, you got to try, and and you just reach out I'm to me. Try. I'll help you get in there. But I was going to say, uh, Augusta is on my list for sure. <laughs> to go to any tournament or to go to uh, Phoenix Open? Well, I mean, I mean, to go to a major, I would say to go to a, a Augusta. Yeah. Um, I lived in California, uh, you know, most of my life, and I never got a chance to go to Pebble Beach. Yeah. Um, so that's another that I would like to yeah. go, even if it's the AT&T Pro-Am, yeah. something like that. So That would be um, so fun. I would yeah. like to do that myself, but I would say probably my bucket sure. list is is I really would like to get to uh, to get to uh, go see um, the uh, uh, British Open. So, oh, the British yeah, Open. that would be, Absolutely. yeah, that would be. Really it's a lot of history. Oh a my lot gosh. of history. I just think it'd be so fun. I'm, and, I'm and, obsessed and like with their said, bunkers. So. Oh, yeah. Right, I don't right, know right. what it is, but right. I, there's something about those bunkers over there. All I want to do is just <laughs> see somebody try to get out. They're impossible. I mean, 
pretty much impossible to get out of. Right. So you'd have to be, you know, fresh, professional golfer to get out. So it's just fun, fun for me to go awesome. see. Awesome. Well, we're, we're looking forward to that. I, I will, I will definitely talk to you about that more as far as the golfing is concerned and um, what we can do on that side. Uh, just to kind of transition here, um, one thing that I know I'm intrigued with, and I know a lot of people always ask, uh, in your opinion, what's the actual accessory that a man can actually put together in, in terms of when they're putting their outfit? What's something that can tie it all together? And, 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 and again, there's many people that always ask, yeah. and you know, they always, everybody has their own opinion, but you know, as far as what you're concerned, um, and you're putting that as far as the styling, what do you, what would you well, say? I'm going to give you two answers there because one is really, really important. And the reason sure, I say it it's really, really it important right is because everybody has it and it's confidence. And if you get dressed and you have confidence in what you look like, you can do, I mean, it doesn't matter if you have the worst outfit on and you could have the worst outfit on, but a guy with confidence it's a win-win for him. I mean, he's he's already out the gate winning. So, I mean, that is the number one thing that you have to put on whatever you look like. And um, But then I would say my number one is shoes. I'm a big – you can have the most amazing yeah, outfit on, but you have crappy shoes on. It's over and done. So I always tell guys, you know, you don't have to go out and buy a Gucci sh you know, shoe uh, but you do need to like pay attention to your shoes and they have to match or look right or, you know, I'm just a big believer shoes kind of make the outfit um, and people pay attention to shoes. I don't know why, but they do. So I would, that would be my first, obviously the confidence, but then B, I would say shoes. That's a great answer. Listeners, listen up. Make sure that you take care of those shoes. shoes. That's important. Right. Got to have those sneakers yeah. right. Absolutely. <laughs> so first of all, like I said, it's an honor to have you oh, on our show. Um, it's even a bigger honor that you will be our first Crasher Coffee Giveaway contestant for a $15 Starbucks gift card. Like we said, we are the sports, entertainment, the feel-good, have-fun show, only podcast that's doing this as of right now. So I'm gonna ask you about 10 questions and um, I'm gonna be a little more lenient. So if you were to get six out of 10, still gonna qualify for it. Uh, definitely wanna go ahead and you know send this gift card out oh there God, to Nashville. So a lot of it is going to- fail, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you the, the, the questions um, and I'm gonna give you 15 seconds to answer each okay. one. And then at the end, I'll let you know exactly uh, how many you got right. Okay. All right. So let's start off with the first one. Uh, Tiger Woods became a professional golfer, golfer in what year? Okay, I'm going to do a little little timeline here. Um, I know he was 20. So like 97, I think 97, 1997. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I think that's what it is. I'll, I'll tell you the answers okay. after. I'm just going to go okay. through them each. So uh, now this one is a little tricky. So take your time. I'm going to give you 20 seconds on this one. What is the maximum weight of a golf oh, ball? Oh, my God. Of course you would ask that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess around an, an ounce or something, an ounce, one Point, 1.5 ounces. I don't know. It, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Okay. That's a good answer. 
All right, number three, uh, which golfer holds the record for the most major tournament wins? Oh, I think that's, I think that's Byron Nelson, but not sure. I'll give you two chances. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you know that that's not right. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. And mostly because we mentioned him earlier in the conversation. Oh, I'm being leaning no. here, but I I, I enjoy okay. this. Uh... Oh, it's not okay. That wouldn't be him. Um, is it Art? I mean, I don't know. Is it Jack Nicholas? Arnold Palmer? One of those two. <laughs> so, huh? So I'm, I'm gonna keep okay, going. I'm gonna keep enough, going. So enough, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get answers after. Look, so you're number put me four, in golf jail here. which is oh it's it's okay. But I, I'm glad there's gonna be some golfers that are gonna right away answer it. So which is the only uh, sorry which is the only one of the four major tournaments that Phil Mickelson has not won as of current? I want to say the U.S. Right Open. Now. I believe it's the U.S. Open. Okay, uh, number five, what university did Tiger Woods attend? Oh, my God, that's an easy one. Stanford. Okay. Uh, number six, what is Jordan Speed's age? Jeez. Oh, 
uh, and you can just send me a message saying, hey, KSV. So that's the best way. Perfect. Everybody that when if you need to contact her, we're going to be putting all her information on our website as soon as we launch it. And KSV, please, please come back on the show. We want to keep you uh, updated. And, you know, like I said, uh, this summer coming up later in the year, I know there's a lot of projects that you got involved with and styling as far as photo shoots. Um, really, really appreciate it. And real quick before I let you go. Listeners that uh, also know some of my endeavors, I had a publication. I still do. She was actually my stylist for Jonathan Cyprian. Uh, shout out, By the Cip. way, yes. Uh, appreciate everything that you did Thank for us. Thank you. I loved that so, shoot. And I absolutely. should have probably mentioned that was a great, that was such a great, Jonathan was so great to work with. And I still try to keep in touch with him. He's a pretty amazing guy. So, yes. Yeah. That was, absolutely that was a absolutely yeah. shout out to him and what he's doing with the sip foundation yes. uh listeners you'll probably hear him soon coming up in one of our episodes but anyway thank you again ksv i'm really looking forward to seeing you and uh, hearing from you later in the show thanks again for being another crasher. hey i love being a crasher dude thank you so much appreciate it eric you're welcome take care listeners we'll be right back thanks Welcome back, listeners, to the podcast, The Sporting Crashers. I am very honored and very privileged to introduce Alicia Saidi, and she is from the Dallas Stars Ice Girls. Um, first of all, before we ask any questions, you know, thank you for coming on the show. A lot of respect on what, you know, what you've done in your career and everything you. that you've done with the Dallas Stars and, of course, the Ice Girls. Thank you. Happy to be here. Perfect, perfect. So we always call them new crashers. So you are the official new crasher of the sporting crashers. So, you know, you're always going to be okay. family when you're on the show. <laughs> um, right. So the first question, I'm pretty sure, you know, before we go into, um, you know, more of your involvement, but what, what necessarily is uh, not only a Dallas Stars ice girl, but what do they do? You know, what's, what's the involvement in terms of not only um, being at the games, but also what, what entails the job title with, you know, being a, a Stars girl? Of course. Start, you know, so we are the official cheerleaders of the Dallas Stars hockey team. So we have, um, we're actually at all of the home games. So that's about 40 okay. home games a year. Wow. And we have two jobs. We have a platform at the American Airlines Center that we dance on and actually cheer with palms. And then our other job is to clean the surface of the ice using snowplow. Oh. And we do that three times each period. So a total of nine times, not including wow. if we go into overtime or a shootout. Yeah. And, and, and that's the you like. Rotate, you rotate the rotation. We like do. They do it. Wow. Mm -hmm. okay. We do. So the dancers and the skaters uh, all practice together and we trade off who's dancing and skating each game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, so in terms of the process of becoming an ice girl, you know, the whole situation of like, you know, what does it entail more? You know, do they look more for dancers, skaters? You know, how does that work in terms of the process of it? Yeah. So there are more dancers on the team mm -hmm. than there are skaters. Um, we actually, so I'm a skater and I auditioned as a skater okay. because I grew up skating. And we actually teach the dancers how to do our skate pattern, which is pretty simple because we just skate in a straight line mm -hmm. down and back. Um, I also 
am trained by the dancers to, to dance, but it's a little bit easier to pick up skating than it is um, when you've been dancing your whole life. So we, we try. <laughs> well, you, you just answered my next question. I mean, I was going to say, what's more of your passion? Oh, yeah. Are you more dancing or skating? That, okay, that's great. Uh, yeah, so to audition. Yeah, so sorry, going back to the audition process, mm -hmm. um, you can audition as either a skater or a dancer or both. And um, you actually have to audition every year just to, um, you know, keep from being complacent in your role. And then our director um, selects who comes back and we have a training camp. And okay. then the team is announced after that. Well, that's exciting. So tell yeah. us a little bit about your experience with uh, the figure skating. I'm, I'm interested because I'm sure that's, that's, a, that pa that's a passion for you. So, I mean, being able to, it kind of sums it up being both like, you know, figure skating and mm -hmm. dancing and being involved with the the ice girls i'm pretty sure that's that's something that you were you know that was that you're great at it was so i started skating when i was six years old mm -hmm. and i it's funny because people are like you're from dallas like why did you figure skate but um it was just like a hot summer day and my mom was like let's go cool off at the ice rink oh. and <laughs> we went to like the mall rink and i was a natural <laughs> and so i started taking lessons and it just kind of evolved from there. And I was a competitive figure skater um, all the way through the collegiate level. Oh, wow. And then after college, um, you know, there wasn't really much to do in skating anymore. I've officially retired from competitive figure skating. And so I wanted to be able to use those skills um, past my prime, I guess. And I was able to join Ice Girls and keep skating. That's great. It's great. It's, it's 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 refreshing when you hear somebody that that's pretty much what they're lined to do. You know, when they're younger, mm -hmm. you have a passion of that's what I want to do, and then you know something like this. I mean, it's it's always great to hear. Um, the ne the next thing I really wanted to ask was, and I was you know kind of researching as far as the community involvement with the Ice Girls. Um, how how important is it for you? Um, not only at the you know the the corporate events, different events that you that you attend, but it, how important you know how important is it is not just for you but for the organization to be in not only the DFW Metroplex but in communities that you know really um, you'll give more information on terms of what it is that you guys do. Yeah, so I mean obviously we love game days and we like cheering on our team, but outside of that um, we do a lot of events in coordination with our Dallas Stars Foundation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, those are um, from everywhere between um, children's hospital visits to building playgrounds at St. Phillips, a local, um, a local school in Dallas. And those are great because we get to get out in the community and um, we bond as a team when we do that. We help the community and it's just a lot of fun. Oh, that's great, yeah. Community involvement is great. I mean, I, I know um, especially here in Dallas and DFW, I mean, most of the organizations, when they do have a charitable uh, organization that they work with or foundation, uh, it's something mm -hmm. that, they, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing them all the time. You know, Dallas Mavericks are great. Yeah. Right? Dallas Stars, of course. Um, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Even one of the most recent ones we did, it was actually at a game. Mm. Um, we had our alumni game that happened right after our regular home game. And we got to pass a hockey helmet around the arena. Oh, nice. The Ice Girls did. 
And all of that money raised went to the Dallas Stars Foundation, which helped the Alumni Club. They also have a scholarship. And we raised over $4,000 wow. just in the well, that, congratulations. Yeah. That's great. I, I know awesome. I know how much uh, Dallas Stars are loved in the entire state of, of uh, Texas. So I know um, they're even some. I have some friends in Houston that they're like, hey, I'm going to be in Dallas. Got to catch a Stars game. So the support that you yeah. get, not only in the DFW area, but Texas in general, that, that's amazing. That's great to hear. Hashtag Texas hockey. That's Hashtag our slogan. Texas hockey. Exactly. I was going <laughs> to yeah. get to that. Glad that you beat me to it. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I enjoy going to a lot of hockey games. I'm originally from California, mm -hmm. so obviously you see a uh, Sharks fan, but living here, I, yeah. I, I just love catching hockey in general. Uh, just in general, and maybe at the AAC, what is your go-to song when they play it? It is just something that not only maybe possibly an old favorite, or it's just one of those songs that it has to be played every hockey game. Uh, well, you know we love to hear some Pantera yes. in our arena. Mm -hmm. um, but um, besides our goal song, I would have to say we get down to some I've got friends in low places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep. I've been a witness to that one. That's that's where everybody's yeah. singing it. They cut off the music and the, mm -hmm. the song keeps going. We're all singing. Yep. And then they they stop. DJ Shippy stops the music and we just keep belting it out. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Okay. That is a go-to one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I have two questions for this. It's almost on the same um, guidelines, but you, you grew up in Dallas area, DFW. Uh, did you cheer for any, yeah. or did you have as far as another favorite team? And then also, because I didn't know you were a figure skater, who was a figure skater that you watched <laughs> maybe in the Olympics that you were just like, hey, that's, that's my idol? Okay. So um, my idol growing up, Gosh, so many of so many good ones. Um, I love Sasha Cohen. Um, I watched her in the Olympics twice, and that was like one of the ones like every Winter Olympics I would sit down in front of the TV and just like idolize over. And I think I had a a skating dress one time that was like similar. I was like, I want to look like her when I'm skating. So she was amazing. And then of course, like Michelle Kwan was my time That's the one, um, time frame. Awesome. And then your other question, I'm sorry. Oh, just, you know, did you, I, I mean, I know that you were probably uh, heavily invested in Dallas Stars hockey, but any other teams around as far as DFW, any other sports? I, I mean, I, obviously without asking, I'm pretty sure Dallas Cowboys, right? <laughs> yeah. So I went to my very first Stars mm. game in 2008 okay. and um, was, I actually didn't grow up like a hockey fan because like, I was a figure mm -hmm. skater, so, like, ugh, the mm. hockey boys were, like, at the rink, too, and, like, you know, we don't like each other. <laughs> but I didn't get into hockey till like, later in life. And then um, I went to I went to some Cowboys games and Rangers games, mm -hmm. of course. Good to hear that their season's starting right. back up. Um, even, I don't know, I've just, like, always been a super, like, sports advocate and like love going to sporting events so i mean i've been to fc dallas games and we've got frisco fighter yes. games indoor football starting up at the comerica center i'm excited i think we're gonna go to um one of their games next week okay they start on the road tomorrow but that's awesome yeah dallas yeah. is a great city for sports i mean we general, have a lot of sports a lot of sports teams a lot of support for the university um, athletics, not only college football, college basketball, 
um, the baseball teams, you know, and, and it's great. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, there are a lot of different new uniform jerseys that the Dallas Stars have been introducing the last few years. What's your favorite one? I mean, I, I you know, I, I, when I went to the game, game a few weeks back, you know, I just sat there and I just started listening to people. Hey, this is my favorite. This is your, theirs. What's yours? So uh, I'm pretty sure I'm along with a, a bunch of popular opinion, mm-hmm. opinions that people have, but I am a blackout, blackout. fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the black, the whole black look, the fluorescent um, neon green. I think it's a great look. Our game tomorrow is a blackout game. I'm looking forward to it. The Ice Girls this season actually got a blackout uniform so that we can oh, wow, wear okay. that and kind of match the players on those nights, which is super fun for us. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that's pretty cool. That's I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a really nice uh, matchup, actually, by the way. That's... That's yeah. a great one. Uh, so I'm pretty sure when it comes to making sure that uh, not only that you prevent injuries, um, I, I'm sure when it comes to, you know, anticipating exercise, fitness, uh, what, 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 do, what do the Dallas Stars Ice Girls do in terms of the preparation, fitness, mm-hmm. exercise, things like that? So, you know, our, our listeners can get an idea of, you know, just how demanding it is, not only during game days, but, um, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, so we um, we practice twice a week. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, we practice. And at practice, we go through a whole, like, stretching and warming up routine because a lot of our dances have Mm -hmm. kicks um, in them. So to be able to have that flexibility. And then we also have a lot of great sponsors. So one of our um, gym sponsors exclusively actually is evolve fitness in dallas and we get to go to their workout classes um unlimited and they have a great um it's kind of like an f45 it's a um hit workout and that keeps us Mm, um different days are different workouts so like one will be cardio one will be strength training and um that's what i do i go um to evolve but we also do things like pilates and yoga um kind of on the off days to stay right stay limber that's absolutely <laughs> understandable that's great uh so you you probably have a better analysis of the games you've been to more games obviously and you've seen um the ups and downs of the season i'm not i'm not just talking about dallas stars there's a lot of different teams um with just handling everything that, you know, was for the past two seasons with the COVID protocols, things like that. Uh, what, what would you say is possibly possibility that is a potential goal or something that this particular Dallas Stars team, how far can they go? Do you think, um, you know, again, it's, it's the season. Yeah. The season in general. Uh, hold on to your seats. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we are kind of a roller coaster sometimes. Um, we right now it's like we're in that playoff spot, we're out of it. We're in the wild card spot, we're out of it. Um, we're constantly watching, like, okay, if they lose and they lose and we win, like, right. um, other years it's been pretty similar. So I don't think we've ever just been like, yeah, we got this. Um, so that's the way the stars trends. So it's probably going to go that way. And we're not going to know till April. Right. Cause I think we have 10 home, 10 
home games just in the month of April alone. And every one of those games is going to count. And we're hoping to be in that postseason come May. a chance. That's exactly right. And you know, yeah. you know it's, it's, uh, it's funny that you say that. I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, earlier when, you know, when I was younger and I would watch hockey, it was pretty much eight, eight. Top eight teams on both te- uh, both sides, you guys go and play. Now, since everything's been introduced yeah. with the wild cards and the way just how they pretty much, you know, put so many teams in different divisions, now it's more of you see teams going up and down throughout the season all day long where mm-hmm. one day you'll be in, the next day you might have two game, two uh, teams that are above you. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. completely understand. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> well, hey, good luck to you. And, you know, I hope that – you guys get more than just the next 10 games, um, but also going deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs. That would be great. All right. So yeah, for sure. first of all, before we transition into the coffee giveaway, I do want to say thank you again. It, it means a lot for you to come onto the Sporting Crashers, um, not only here in the DFW area, yeah. but also Texas. You know, we're, we're looking to expand and just get um, people to hear the podcast, mostly because we want to be the sports entertainment of fun, not necessarily sports talk radio. That's why, you know, when we talk Dallas Stars hockey, it, who better than somebody that sees the games at home and then also, you know, is involved in the organization. So next, we're going to go ahead and do the Crasher Coffee Giveaway. All right, I'm going to ask you 10 questions. And if you do get six out of the 10 questions right, you will get the uh, okay. Starbucks $15 gift card. Um, and thank you once again for, you know, everybody, as far as the listeners, they keep on asking me about the coffee, uh, the co- Crashers Coffee giveaway. So I'm excited. All right. So uh, when I ask it, I'm not going to give you the right or wrong answer until the end. And then from there, I'll tell you if you made it or not. And then we'll go from there. All right. Are the listeners, the listeners are not as of right now, but they will if, uh, upcoming shows where we are okay. going to start doing some live shows. So yeah, it's so, awesome. uh, okay. you know, and I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get you back on the show because I do want to talk more of your involvement of the next step that you've done, not just, you know, being an ice girl, but your future in terms of uh, creating yourself involved in not only the merchandising stuff, the, the marketing, that's definitely going to be yes. on the next time that you are on the show. All right, so the first one, and I'll and I'll Perfect. count in my head. Probably give you ten seconds. As soon as you answer, I'll go to the next one. But uh, first one, Coffee Crashers giveaway. How many numbers do the Dallas Stars have retired? Six. What were the Dallas Stars, including our latest one? Mm-hmm. Good, good. No, Sergey good, good. Zuboff. Sergey Zuboff. Six. Final okay. answer. What were the Dallas Stars originally called? The Shooting Stars, Black Holes, Supernovas, or the North Stars? The Minnesota North Stars. All right. So which player is the Stars' career leader in points, goals, and assists, and wore number nine on his jersey his entire career? One that's retired, Mike Madano. Uh, What is the mascot's name of the Dallas Stars? (laughs) <laughs> Victor Victor E. Green. All right. We love him. Now, who is your current favorite player on the Dallas Stars? Um, so as a, if you have more than one, that's fine. <laughs> right now. 
You know, um, we're we're giving a lot of love to Robo right now. He just scored two back-to-back hat tricks, um, making Dallas Stars history. So I'm going to go Robo, okay. Robo Robertson. Now, I I know you probably watch, you know, a lot of hockey, and especially when you're at the games. Other than the Dallas Stars player, who is one of your favorite players in the league in the NHL? Uh, you know, I'm a huge Marc Andre Fleury fan. Wow, the flower yeah, answer. Yeah, he's actually one of my favorite goalies of all yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Okay, so yeah. when he when he uh, started yeah. with mm-hmm. uh, the Blackhawks, I was like, mm-hmm. yes, he's in our division. We'll get to see him playing more games here he in was, Dallas. He was, he was great in Pittsburgh. Great in Las Vegas. I mean, guys mm-hmm. having one heck of a career. Uh, all right. So, He's just such a great guy. He's a mm-hmm. he's a family man. You know, he's got the most adorable children. Yeah, some of those s- statistics that everything. he's setting and going to <laughs> when he ends his career being on top of, you know, so many stats that we so many years people were like, well, he might not break that record. Um, yeah, he will. <laughs> There's a lot of them that he's shattering. So that's yeah. great. All right. So uh, number seven, uh, what Hall of Fame defenseman did the stars retire number 56 this year? Sergey Zuboff. All right. And number eight, uh, what was your first year you attended an actual Stars game? I think you already told me, but. 2008. All right. Uh, number nine, how many actual Dallas Stars jerseys do you own? Ooh. Uh, let's see. We have the blackout, a home green, away white. Got the. The 2020 reverse Adidas reverse retro oh, nice. and the winter classic. Oh, so five. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're nailing yeah, the all these questions. So probably... I'm just going to go ahead we and didn't say, say... <laughs> uh, who's number 21 on the Dallas stars. Ooh, Jason Robertson. That's right. <laughs> all right. You are set in stone. Crash your coffee giveaway. I mean, you get an added bonus. You knew everything that I was asking. So congratulations, honestly. Um, I'm really excited for what the future holds, not only for um, Dallas Stars, but also the expansion of how the the sport in itself is getting bigger each year. Um, And, you know, it's, it's it's a great thing for you to, you know, be out there actively in the community and representing an organization like that. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So before I let you go, um, I do want to say, first of all, thank you again. Um, just let our listeners know, you know, any, anybody that if they're possibly interested in, in booking uh, any of the Dallas Stars Ice Girls, either for a, a, a corporate event, community event, you know, things like that. Where, where can we find that information? Yes. So if you go to the DallasStars.com webpage, there's actually a Meet the Squad tab on the Dallas Stars homepage. And you can actually read up about all of the Ice Girls, um, veterans and rookies. And then there's a little um, tab for you to book appearances with us. Perfect. So listeners, if you have a corporate event, community event, please visit that page. Um, As soon as I post this, I'll have all that information on our podcast website. Thank you again so much, Alicia. Um, definitely looking forward to speaking with you again for a possible uh, return on the show to another episode. Love that. Absolutely. Thanks again. Uh, we'll be right back, okay. listeners. Thank you.
Welcome back to the party, all of you crashers. Thanks again for joining us. This is Eric Martinez, your founder and your host. Welcome back to another episode, episode two. We have Lemon joining us, enthusiast, not only for hockey, but for her teams, everything that she represents and that she loves and has a passion for. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. So before, first of all, we ask any questions, get into the interview, um, things like that. But um, thank you again for joining our show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking time out. I know uh, some of your teams are doing pretty well right now. So, you know, that's, a, that's always a good thing. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, you know, this is the Sporting Crashers, the feel-good, have-fun show when it comes to podcasts. Uh, not your typical sports talk radio. We do like to throw in some sports. So first, let, let you know, tell a little bit of our listeners any type of activities, hobbies that you have when it comes to fitness, exercise, you know, that particular st uh, side of your life, how important it is to you. Okay. Well, um, first off, I um, like have no rhythm. So I cannot do Zumba <laughs> or those other kind of things. So I do a lot of cycling, actually. Um and I'm gonna put a little plug in here. Cycling is a huge uh, fundraiser for MS. So we always do in August, we have a huge ride where we do 100 miles on Saturday, 100 miles on Sunday, and uh, raise money wow. for MS. So cycling is one of my huge things that I love doing. Um, and then the other, th and I ride with the group, I don't mind saying the group, it's Team on Draft. Um, Okay. The thing with cyclers is, you know, we love beer, so they always start from a brewery. <laughs> That's okay. how you know it's a good wow. team. Yeah. All right. Um, my other thing, I love lifting weights because you don't really have to keep time to that. So those sure. are my two things that I love doing to keep in shape. So. Sure, sure. Now, I know certain individuals, they'll do, um, uh, you know, a song playlist or some of them even listen to books on tape. Is there anything that you prefer? Do you prefer music or something like listening to like a podcast? Well? Okay, that is such a great question. Um, I, I've i run a couple of half marathons and um, one of the things that I like is I like listening to a book on, this is how old I'm, book on tape, an audible right, book, yeah. <laughs> an audible, an audible book, an audible book, right. um, because like with music, you can kind of know where you're at, like in your run with with a book, you don't know what's going to happen. So I right. prefer listening to audible books. Um, my goal was, uh, I wanted to listen to quite a few. So I think I'm up to like, so far this year, maybe 50 books that I've listened to. Um, okay. But I listen to them in the car too. I love a good murder mystery. Um, I'm not into mm -hmm. the true crime things because I, I don't want to know that that really happened. I like more the the sure. murder thing, and I've re I've recently discovered this might be TMI, too much information, but um, the person who wrote Harry Potter, she writes a great detective series under um, Ray Ray Brath. I can't remember the name, but anyway, it's so well written. I didn't even know it was her, and I w went to look up what the next book was, and I found out it was her. She wrote under a pseudonym, and that pseudonym, pseudonym, well, you know what I mean, a fake name. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. J.K. Rowling. I know my sister is a huge fan, so I'll have to yeah, look into yeah. that. Yeah, but she has a whole different genre, so it's great. That's, That's great. great. That's great. great. Okay, uh, transition. I mean, obviously, we see you got the Canes uh, 
you know, you know me, baby, right there, right and, there. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, how you were raised as far as traditions, what type of teams that you like, what sports did you favor or other ones? You know, what, what were some of your favorite teams growing up? Well, um, I grew up with a nerd dad. He was a botanist and we, he, we didn't ah, okay. really have teams. And um, so I was really involved in soccer growing up. I loved tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Monica Seles before she got, you know, stabbed. Um, So those were kind of the teams that I, and then um, I was never, I was really into soccer and um, I I did like the Bulls when Michael Jordan was there. I really got into that. Um, And I also kind of got into NASCAR um, and I followed Jeff Gordon and Jeff Gordon, I was going to say Rainbow Warrior. <laughs> I, I did follow him, and um, it was amazing. I toured the Charlotte Speedway, and I didn't realize mm. how banked they were. I mean, this van had to I keep absolutely. going so fast because, so it wouldn't slide down. So I think NASCAR is the first sport that I realized it looks so simple, but once you get into the strategy of it, Every sport has their own strategy, right? And it kind of comes a little more Correct. complex. So, and Absolutely. then um, the Canes came, and I've been a fan ever since. So, I can't watch baseball after watching hockey. Awesome. Now, before before the Canes obviously came, did you have any interest in the Whalers? I did not. Or was it more? Absolutely okay. no. I'm like a fair weather fan. Absolutely not. But I love the story of it. I love the story. I respect. I respect you saying that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I understand. Yeah, I get it. I didn't realize the only time I kind of got a little bit of sense of what maybe the Whalers went through is before um, our new owner, and I'm not going to remember his name from Dallas mm-hmm. before he bought us. You know, there was this whole fear that they were going to leave, and that kind of right. helped me that the Canes were going to leave. That kind of helped me relate to how the Whalers feel. I mean, there's people who I've worn my Whalers hat on the plane and they come up to me and like, you know what? I finally now can cheer for them, but I was really angry at them. I mean, I've had mm-hmm. m- multiple people, so I can kind of see where that hurt kind of comes in, but no, was, but I love the Whaler stuff right. now. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I followed hockey for a long time and, and that was one of those teams that you just even even just playing when I was playing the roller hockey days, the inline hockey days, the ice hockey days, you love that color, just the green, white and dark blue. Um, and it just everything, something about the mascot of a whaler. I mean, it was it was something special. Do you awesome. remember when they left there? Were you I do? I remember. Yeah. And actually, I remember um all the all the uh, all the players that were on the Hartford Whalers, you know, you had your Chris Pronger, you had you know so many players that uh, France, at Ron one Francis. point or another, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, it was one of those things that they were part of a fabric of a pretty decent Eastern Conference, um, and then of course, like I said, that sometimes that's just how it happens when it comes to you know, facelifting a franchise. I don't want to be, you know, critical here. And I'm, you know, sorry for any listeners that are a Hartford Whaler fan, but sometimes that's, that's really what it takes. Um, so that was, that was important for the franchise, uh, uh, heartbreaking for the, for the fan base. But, you know, as far as the competition, um, you know, having players that want to possibly 
come to a newer market, you know, that's important when it comes to free yeah. agency. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So now I'm, I, I already know the answer, but have you been to any sporting events lately? And if you have, so what are some of your fondest memories of any type of game? I mean, it could even be more than hockey. I, I'm glad that you shared the NASCAR. That was great. Anything else? Um, so uh, I recently got to go to a Duke game at Cameron. Ah, Cameron Crazies. <laughs> Always been on my bucket list. Um, and it was awesome. amazing being there. We played, um, shoot, I can't remember, but I know that the coach and um, Coach Kate kind of got into it and then it was in the news. It was, um, I can't remember the, the mm. team. But um, yeah, it's so small. Like it's amazing how... It just shows you that you can have sm amazing things at small venues, right? I mean, it's like you're Correct. right there. Yes. So close. And I was at, like at the top of the thing and, you know, being able to look down. But that was super special for me. I mean, that was really amazing. And um, so I really enjoyed that, um, especially with him it's being his last year, right? Right. Absolutely. Congratulations on a great career, Coach Krzyzewski, Coach K, uh, absolute legend and, you know, um, pure class uh, from all levels of basketball. I, I know uh, at first, and there were so many times, you know, individuals would say, well, he was a, a coach that, you know, mentored men, got him to the level of college basketball. But, you know, what he did for the national team, the United States, um, and just being a part of the Olympic development and just keeping in contact with so many stars, it's, it's, it's great for the sport. Um, it's even better for the the foundation of creating good men in the community. I agree. And, you know, the whole thing when he did the whole Olympic team, he had a lot of egos there that he had to deal right. with. And, um, and I also have a lot of respect for him that he, I know maybe he considered it, but that he didn't go to the NBA. Because, you know, a lot of times we think because you're a good college coach, you're going to be good. That sure. doesn't necessarily, you know. Um, Correct. Correct. So, mm -hmm. hey, I have a question for you, though. What was your sure, favorite? Sure. What was your favorite Duke player under Coach K? Ooh, under Coach K. Now here's here's my here's my dilemma with that. My favorite or the best? No that favorite I ever because saw. my favorite's not okay. the best. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, and uh, and I know a lot of listeners. If you're listening to this, you're gonna say, "Wow, I had an absolute favorite team." And it consisted of, of a few players that I just thought were the definition of Duke basketball. And that was Trajan Langdon, the Alaskan assassin. Um, Wojo. Wojo, that's Wojo, my favorite. Wo, Wojo was the absolute was definition of a point guard. And I, and I, and I really, I really yeah, believe now, I, like, I really liked, I really liked Jay Williams. Um, I thought one of the best defenders I've ever seen from collegiate to the NBA, Shane Battier. Uh, I um, loved him. Just the way, just the way he handled himself with all with all the uh, the awards and accolades that came. Such with a him. gentleman. Um, such such class. Transition. Class. Correct. So, so, so those. I mean, and then you know, I can get into the Grant Hills and the Christian Leitners now. That to me is is the definition of the cream of the crop uh, uh johnny dawkins and 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 bobby hurley yeah, and things yeah. like that but for those that i would i wanted to mention those because those were some of the players wojo that i would watch mine. and i would say wojo absolutely i just he I, and he was like short i mean like when you go right. look at they have at the duke thing you can go measure yourself and he was like little okay. and yeah. i just for me 
you know, like transitioning onto the Canes, one of my favorite players was Chad LaRose for the Canes. Okay. Which is way back. Okay. But he was little. Mm-hmm. You know, but I like mm-hmm. people who are little. Maybe it's because I'm like short, but I like who I like the spunk and they're, they're going to go for it. So. Okay. I like it. Well, I appreciate that question. You know, that's, that's great. Especially in the year where college basketball, NCAA March Madness is going on right now. Um, we definitely have to give respect and love and the flowers to Coach K. So appreciate that. Uh, so when it comes to certain threads, colors, color schemes, what is your favorite either uniform, jersey, could be any sport, and possibly a color combination? Um, well, I wouldn't say like off the top of my head, I would say the Hurricanes colors are my favorite. I mean, mm-hmm. but also, you know, Tennessee colors are my favorite. So, um, I think that I really <laughs> like the Kraken's colors because I really like the turquoise. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of a little bit different. Um, I like it, right? I do like it. Yeah. I like those. I wouldn't mind have a, having a hat of that, um, for mm-hmm. the Kraken and also because um, Ron Francis and honestly we really lost a great um, play-by-play announcer on John Forslund because he's for the Kraken now and uh, Absolutely. We, we should have tried Absolutely. to that's I am a little bit angry at our owner for that but I I really I miss him but I like the Kraken's okay. colors okay love that love that perfect awesome all right uh, you're entering the game Arena, before you go to your seat, what is the go-to arena food order or beverage? So, um, you know, North Carolina has amazing beers. I think um, three years ago, three or four years ago, we were number three in the nation for microbreweries. Wow. Um, I did a a brewery master's class, so I really like my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds fun. Now that sounds fun. So I would go, my favorite thing is the beer thing. And they have the beer that um, you put the cup down and the beer comes up from the bottom. Have you seen that? From the bottom. I've seen those. Yeah. I've never been, but I've seen them. Yeah. So we've got to come to a Canes game. They have them there. Awesome. Um, awesome. I like a good hazy IPA. So that's what I'm going to go for. Um, that's going to be okay. my, my food from, from the PNC arena. All right. Okay. That's that's a great one. So, what's the fa- what's your favorite thing about hockey in general, the sport? Okay, you're gonna think this is like such a weird thing, but what I love about hockey is when you come to the playoffs, you have people that are. I mean, they are hitting people hard. They are beating up yes. on people, right? They are. They know where their injuries are after this time. They're not trying to shy from that. But at the end of the right. series, everyone goes through and shakes their hands, and to mm-hmm. me, I don't ever see that in any other sport where it's so brutal. I mean, sometimes, yeah, in football they do it, but this whole, like, official line of them going through, I just think that is amazing, and I really, really like that. Yeah, I, I, I respect the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, but the way that most of these franchises and these men that battle Game 7 you know, uh, dramatic possibly ending. It's not where one team is just going to go and, you know, they walk off the court. Like in certain sports, they're going to sit, watch the celebration, come and shake the hand, 
Especially, and I, and I love it in the Stanley Cup final. I know because before before it's even presented, before the before the uh, the trophies even presented, it's more of the moment to embrace. And I, I believe this when it comes to a lot of players that might get to the finals, especially in hockey, they absorb the loss and it makes them better. Not just because of the humility and to display, obviously, the sportsmanship that we want our youth, you know, kids that are watching the sport, but also look at how dangerous it is. Be thankful that it wasn't a major injury or, you know, a laceration with the sticks and the, and the, and the blades yeah. under, your, under your skate. So I, I, that's a great answer. Great answer. So transition. Favorite moment in hockey history for you? What is your top? Now, you can, you know, kind of collaborate on certain things, but what is the one that you will never forget? It could be Kane's or it could be anything else. I think my favorite moment is when they um, when they did the surge and they had Evan Holyfielder there and he oh, punched okay. out. I mean, to me, that was like that's amazing. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not like I a hockey note, but it's like, were you ever no, going to no, get no, that I like in it. hockey, right? That was amazing. I remember, I remember it. Um, and I think another moment for me, and this is when, you know, they first did the surge. I really feel like that came from Justin Williams. I loved when he was the captain mm. of our team. I think he really kind of renewed hockey in this area um sure but you know we got called a bunch of jerks and uh i gotta mm. give the canes pr people they jumped right on that got these t-shirts out great marketing opportunity absolutely they did a great job with that right um absolutely so i i that is one of my um favorite moments and um i was at the game I can't remember if it was game two or game three when we played Detroit Red Wings when we lost ah. in three overtimes. I was I was before that. We could have won it that night, mm -hmm. and we didn't. That's right. Um, so that is kind of a special memory for me for okay. that. Okay. But, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, funny you say that because I, I, I can sit here and tell you a lot of San Jose Sharks moments. Uh, that's my team. Um, Which they have a pretty colors, too. You. They have pretty colors. I, yeah, well, I, that's what I was gonna. I was, I was gonna let it marinate. I was just like, you know what? She said the Kraken. It's new. It's something I, I, I like what they have, you know. But for me, it's always been black and teal. Um, but in terms of, and, and I, I'll say this: I have many, many memories of hockey. But one that I will never forget is clinching game to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Steve Eiserman against the Blues. And I mean, this th that rocket shot was just, you know, and at the time, you know, I'm very active playing hockey. So I'm over there just trying to figure out scientifically how accurate and with as much force. It was just one of those things that I think it was mostly because I was, I was playing at the time. But also I just saw you know, after the play happened and the slow motion from the camera behind the goal and the net, it was just, it was one beautiful, of those Beautiful, right? It's beautiful. 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 Well, so, so I do, that was, I, I do, my other memory is seeing Rod Brendamore hold the Stanley Cup. I yes, mean, yes, I yes. think um, looking back, I think we thought um, Ron Francis was the leader of our team and I'm not taking anything away from him. 
But when we look back mm-hmm. to where we see, um, you know, as a woman, I'm kind of sensitive to accusations. So as we look back and we see like how the sure. team and everything that's sure. happened, sure. I really feel like when you look back at that Stanley Cup team of the Canes, it was really led by Rod Brindamore. And okay. Um, okay. I feel like he's, you know, I love him as our coach, but I remember him holding up, holding up the cup and I'll, I'll never forget that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, great career. Um, I, I really used to, you know, one of my East Coast teams, not necessarily that I cheered for him, but I pushed when he was with the Flyers. Okay. I um, knew you were going to say that. We just played not, them. Well, 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 no. I mean, it was, it was one of those teams that, you know, um, before Eric Lindros suffered those uh, injuries, uh, there was a time that I was like, well, you know, you never really know. What's going to happen? Because when you had Rod Brindamore, I mean, he was one of those players that enforcer in a way that it doesn't have to be only physical. It was vocal. I mean, just everything of definition of a leader. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, thank you for the interview portion. I'm glad you're having a good time. So our fellow crasher. Lemon, you're going to have an opportunity for the hottest challenging trivia out there on any podcast right now. It is the Crasher Coffee Giveaway (laughs) possibility for the Starbucks coffee gift card. All right, here we go. Okay. So how it works is I'm going to ask you 10 questions. All right. So um, once I ask them, I'll give you a little bit of time. Go ahead and answer them. Yeah, go ahead and answer them. And then at the end, after the 10th question, I'll go back and let you know everything that you've missed um, or everything that you've gotten. Let me have another Uh, sip of my water. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's here for. So, uh, so like I said, we, we're, we're we're a little lenient. If you are possibly able to get six to seven out of 10, you qualify for the crasher coffee giveaway. All right. Number one, what is the name of the Carolina Hurricanes mascot? Stormy. Stormy the pig, which is kind of weird because we barbecue, so I think that's kind of weird. But anyway, Stormy. (laughs) Number two, who is the current Carolina Hurricanes captain? Stahl. Number three, who did the Canes defeat to win their first Stanley Cup championship? The Edmonton Oilers. Sorry, Tendy. Okay. Number four. What number did Rod Brindamore wear for the Canes? 17. Uh, number five. Who wears number 20 for the current Aho, Canes? Seabass. All right. So who's your favorite hockey player in the league? could be Canes. It could be anybody. So my favorite player is actually Jacob Slavin, 74 of the Canes. He's a great defenseman. I think um, people have played with him. He's, if you watch, I'm never nervous when he's out there and they're coming towards the goal. If you watch how he gets the puck away from them and sends it away, it's every single time. He's amazing. And my other thing is um, I like Trocek because he follows me on Twitter. But anyway, um, I like... That at the end of every game, Trocheck and Slavin hug if they won. They don't if they didn't. So, um, but right, Slavin, right. I really think Slavin's really talented and I think he's amazing. 
Okay. Okay. Perfect. Cool. I like Schwedge mm-hmm. too, but you know, he's just cute. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, what was that? I was number. That was number six. Okay, number seven. What is the name of the arena that the Carolina Hurricanes play in? The PNC Arena. Number eight. Which what is, is also just, where. Yeah. Just keep going. Re, so you know, that's also tell where me, NC State me. plays. So when they do the national anthem, oh. it said red. Everyone yells out red like that because awesome. of NC State. So. You know what? I didn't know that. I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, they play basketball okay. there. Yep. Awesome. All right. Shout out the Wolfpack, NC State. There you go. All right. Uh, number eight. What is Justin Williams' age? And also, what number does he wear? Shoot. Um, I do not know his age. And I do not know his number, even though I think he's adorable and he was like the best captain we had. Let me think. Let me think. Um... I'll give you some time. Go ahead. I have no idea. I don't know. Just take a guess. Okay. Um, 12. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you going to tell me or not? I, well, I, I'll, te- I'll tell you. Okay. I'm actually, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to give you a hint on this one. I'm wrong. I'm, now... You know Justin Williams obviously has played for several teams in his career. Yes. Not, yes. not a whole yes. lot. Think of the teams that he's played with. What number has he always been consistently wearing? Okay. All right. That's I, know just, I know you're disappointed, but I have to fail you on one time. <laughs> otherwise, that'd be amazing. So. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, number nine. Okay. How many wins do the Canes have as of right now? Ooh, and I'm um let's see. I don't know for 85, 86. I don't know. Um I know we're in the 80s. I know we're above 85. Okay. <sighs> um I I I'm I'm going to I'm actually going to give that to you because you gave me points and I was talking about wins. Okay. Oh, okay. Hey, but listen, you know what counts more is points, right? Right. Well, points, the points exactly. and the wins. You got to look at the no. You got to look at the points and games played. That's the two things you got to look. Correct. At. Okay. Awesome. Uh, all right. So, who is the Canes' rival? Oh, so um, right now I would say that there's probably um, well the Panthers have kind of. They've kind of gone down a little bit. They were our main one. I would say the Tampa Bay Lightning are really, they've really been kind of coming up. You're talking about this season, right? I, I'm, well, you can, you can use this season or you can use any other season. Well, uh, the Washington Capitals are always our big, mm-hmm. our big one. But I think this year, like Tampa Bay, um, the, Av- the Avalanche would be our number one, I think, uh, because they're number one right now. So I think they're our biggest rival right now. Okay. okay. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. All right. So you actually killed it right now. You got yeah. eight out of ten. Um, I will say this. Uh, you absolutely know your... your um, uh, yeah, your hockey, obviously, and your Carolina Hurricanes trivia. All right, so you are 
going to be winning the Crasher Coffee giveaway. I love um, it. The one that you, the one that actually, first of all, Justin Williams is 40 years young, and he does wear number 14. What uh, number did I say? 12. You said 12. Yeah. So I was. Yeah, I you were there. Sure. You were on. The, you were on the right path. Um, now this is the one that I'm not exactly. I mean, you were kind of confident in. You said that the Canes won their first cup against Edmonton. I thought I it was thought the Edmonton it, Oilers. Thought it was the Red Wings. We didn't win that one though. They won. Against the Wings? Oh, you're absolutely right. You know what? Yeah, that was our first Stanley I, I Cup thought, final. I thought, I thought, uh, yes, first Stanley Cup. Oh, I think I should get double the Starbucks for that. You got you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. You absolutely got it. You're right. You're absolutely right. The question was supposed to say who was the first opponent against the Canes oh, okay. in their so first can, Stanley Cup. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, our first so you're right. opponent, so, and the main thing would be the the Red Wings. Right, right, exactly. And 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 again, that was that was winning the conference, but not winning the cup. Yeah. But you you did it. You nailed it. Obviously, uh, great job. So I do want to go ahead and thank you again for being on the show. I hope you had a great time. I did. Um, you I made do wanna, me feel comfortable. So. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I do want to invite you to come back later in the year on the show. I have a few hockey uh, games that are going to be on. So I definitely want you to come on the Crasher moment and you will be representing the Hurricanes. Obviously. So be on the lookout. You'll be not only trivia, but we'll be doing some uh, trash talking, obviously. I'm in for that. You know, uh, 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 bu butting heads, but um, I love a good debate on why your team is better, why you can improve. So, um, yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back, Crashers. Appreciate it.